Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday to you. How was your week this week? I'm so glad to be here with you guys for episode. I think we're at episode seven. Yep, episode seven. And it has been a magnificent ride. We have three more episodes until we finish out season one. We're going to take our, I think our two week break. And then we're going to come back again so we can be ready for the fall. If you don't know anything about me, let me just be real clear fall for me is one of my favorite seasons it really is I can't tell you why I don't know if it's just because the crisp of the air even though I love summer heat I think it just had to do with like all the fall activities I love the fall foods I really think it just boils down to just all the great fall food that you get I love comfort food I love the warming of you know beautiful warm blankets it's just one of those situations where I just absolutely adore it. I love fall. Fall is my favorite season. But today, let me just gather my thoughts. Let me gather my breath. I don't want to sound like I'm out of breath because I'm not. But today we are talking about one-sided relationships. And in the regards to one-sided relationships of the guilt that you feel when you start to disconnect from either a business, a friendship. Now, I've had this happen several times. I've had to disconnect from business associates because it was no longer benefiting both parties. Um, And this happens, I think, you know, in business, when you're smart, you know that this is going to happen. So you don't get a little scared or shocked or fearful when it does have to happen. So let me say, I should say you try not to feel a certain way because of you having to discontinue a business relationship. When you have a business relationship, it really should be based upon keeping everything business-like and we know you know we're human so there are times even even in business relationships where we forge some form of personal interpersonal relationships with people meaning we get close to people we get to know people and so it's harder sometimes in our mind to disconnect but sometimes it becomes very necessary especially financially um, especially mentally and emotionally you know, you have to figure out a way sometimes to just separate, but you have to find to take this, the high road of separating from a business relationship and always be gracious. The best revenge always is your paper. Beyonce has let us know this a thousand and one times. However, I think one of the hardest things to separate from outside of a business aspect is always going to be interpersonal. This can be when you have a relationship, you know, with your significant other It could be family relationships because we are going to talk about that today. This is probably going to be one of the most personal um, podcasts of the day or of our series. But a lot of people don't know what to do with that guilt that they feel when they have to separate from another person. I get this question all the time. My friends ask me all the time. It's probably one of the questions I get asked the most. And I believe within the pandemic, I think we are learning and realizing the relationships and the status of real friendships some of them are we're realizing are super strong and we realize how much we love and miss our friends and then there are other relationships where we realize that we may have put more stock in the relationship than the other side has and in that we're learning that the relationship that we've put in this like high regard is no longer serving us so the biggest question I get is how do you combat this feeling this guilt right it's usually a guilt like you don't really always, I mean, you, you can have 10,000 reasons why you probably should disconnect from a friendship. And we're talking about literally just straight friendship. You know, a lot of my girlfriends will call me and say, you know, I'm having a problem with a friend. Now I'm not the type of person that will just tell you to disengard or disengage with a friend because you've had a situation that came up an argument because we know that no matter how in, how even in marriage, even in when you're, when you have a fiance, when you're dating someone, you're going to get in conflict. Conflicts are bound to happen. It's natural to happen. 
it's going to happen no matter how much in love you are with a person. But there is a slight difference between having a conflict on things that can be changed versus you having a conflict over things that are non-negotiable. And only you can make that non-negotiable list. Like for me in my marriage, I'm sorry, cheating is just not one of those things I can foresee myself saying that I would be forgiving because to me, it's just the slight of disrespect. And I don't know if it's just because I feel that I've been completely loyal in so many things that I felt like that would be like, I guess to me, that would feel like the ultimate disloyalty. So, you know, there are non-negotiables, but even in other relationships, like friendships to friendship, there should be a non-negotiable list of things that you walk into a relationship with. I find it interesting that we don't have this list, but then we get disrespected and then we start to nitpick about what happened when reality is that some of the things that are happening are principle based. If you have someone that's constantly lying to you, it's not the lie that they said. It's not that because they said they were going one place and they ended up in another. It's because of the fact that the lie means that there's no trust. They didn't trust you enough that even if it was the worst news that they could deliver to you, even if they felt like you were going to be upset, they didn't trust you enough to to, to give you that information, allow you to, to move the way you choose to move. So I think that's the thing we have to remember what our non-negotiable list is because sometimes we come in and allow other people to negotiate and tell us what our non-negotiable is. Again, I go back to this whole cheating thing you know, men will get upset when they cheat and then woman decides to leave and then say, my wife broke up the family when reality is was that you broke your vows, you cheated, you lied. And then that decision that you made decided I made the decision to leave that I didn't break the family up. You did. And so, you know, we allow the people to come in and tell us what our list of non-negotiables are. But this guilt this guilt of saying, okay, I know that the person that this situation happened with was not serving to me. It wasn't okay. And I need to separate, but we feel the guilty part on them. And you know, what's weird, even if the other party does feel some level of guilt, it's like, you feel like you're carrying it the most, especially if you're the one who said enough is enough. And this applies to family too. Now I've had situations with family, of course, it's not necessary to go into in detail, but what I will say is I came to the realization that there was just certain things that were non-negotiable and there were just certain behaviors that I was no longer going to tolerate. No different than the other side stating, okay, well, you know, the toy or toy did A, B, and C, and I'm over this and I don't want to have anything to do with that. We always can see it from their perspective, but it was okay when I decided to step back. I got a lot of pushback, you know, well, if you forgive or if you love, then you should just come back into the fold and everything should be okay. I think in 2020, I think we all are getting to the realization that forgiveness does not always mean I need to entertain or sit up underneath your table. And that's a principle of people want you to forgive them. They want to hear the words that you forgive them. But they also want you to go back as if nothing happened. A large of that is their ego. They want to feel the sense of forgiveness and to feel the sense of forgiveness, they need you into their circle and to entertain them or to be entertained either way. They want to go back and forth and they want to make sure that everything is good and they need that physical show me that I'm forgiven. You can actually forgive somebody and leave them all the way alone. That means you can forgive them. You can love them from afar. You can wish Godspeed for them. You can wish them well. But you also can make the decision that you don't feel like dealing with them. So that means, no, I'm not coming over to your house to eat dinner. No, my family and I are not coming to your holiday functions. No, we're not going to kiki it up. I can forgive you, but I can forgive you from afar. And I can cut you off by uh, disengaging your your access to me. Now, it's funny how people don't have any problems doing this on social media. You know, we get on these uh, social media and we make church announcements. I like to do it the opposite way. I'm going to cut you off in real life so that once I get to the part where I take you off of social media, it's because it's already a working. It's already moving and flowing that way. Instead of me getting mad and irritated, then taking you off of social media only to then say, oh, I was mad. So I took you off. 
Like I don't want to do the like the 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 tennis racket where you go back and forth and you do these rounds and you go back and forth and you put you know you push one issue over you push another issue over. Like we have to be grown enough to make the decision that benefits our health. And when we talk about health, we're also talking about our mental health. If you are constantly being hurt by the same people over the same principles, you have to come to the realization that the person that you're dealing with is who you're dealing with. We want to make it seem as if it's not them and they're not doing what they're doing. Or we want to believe that the person that we're dealing with that's given us problems is not that same way, but they are. So this is why you got to understand you have to have a balanced relationship no matter what it is. This is exactly why more relationships thrive when the two individuals inside of the relationship are balanced. When you are balanced emotionally, when you are balanced mentally, when you can have your own space and come together and be balanced, when one person doesn't want the attention of the other person more than the other, when everything can be in balance, life works better. That's why people who balance their their menu, their their diets, and I'm not talking about diets in the same of doing these yo-yo diets. I'm talking about the diet of the form of taking care of your body. When people are more in balance with that, when they learn to eat, but not overeat when they decide to eliminate excessive snacks or excessive sugar. It's the balance of life that actually keeps you more grounded. But when it comes to these interpersonal relationships, it's one of the things that people just lose their shits over. And the reason is because we literally allow other people to dictate how we move, what we say, how we do things, certain things. And I'm, you got to understand it makes no logical sense. Because if you are allowing another person to dictate to you how that relationship should flow and you're not taking any personal accountability to make your stance about where you fit in, you're the one that's usually mad. The other person has gone on because there's no problem. They're getting what they want. But this whole idea that we cannot, that we cannot have balanced relationships has to stop. I was reading on social media the other day. It was a story. I don't know if it was made up or not, but about sharing a Wi-Fi and, you know, you're letting this person like your neighbor share your Wi-Fi. But then when you wanted to use the person's Netflix, they were like, no, you can't use it. So then the person who had the Wi-Fi cut off the Wi-Fi. You know, relationships work almost ambiguously the same. If I'm giving you something and I'm giving you something and I'm giving you something, but I'm not receiving something in return. Now we have an unbalanced relationship. If every time you call me and you call my phone and you want my attention because of whatever going on in your life and I have, you want me to stop what I'm doing to give you that attention. But when I call on you and you don't do the same, who is it benefiting? So I become a soundboard for you to dump all of your mess on so that you can get some relief. But when I call you, you are never to be found. If I come to you and I need to borrow money after the 20 million 11 times you came to me and you just never want to give it to me, not because you don't have it, because you just don't want to give it. But when you need it, I'm supposed to be a a Wells Fargo, right? I'm supposed to be a bank. You got to watch these unbalanced relationships. We all get into things, right? It's not like every situation is equal because some of my friends may make more money than me. So they may have more to give and I may not be in that position. But we're talking about the principle of always giving and giving and giving, but never receiving. And yes, it is always better to give than to receive. Yes. But when it comes to interpersonal relationships, it has to be balanced. We use that it's better to give to receive to basically continue with us basically getting what we want from other people without any for social responsibility. There is a social responsibility when it comes to how you interact with other people. And some of the biggest things that people struggle with is being able to tell someone no and then feeling guilty about it. Do you know how many times somebody's going to tell you no and don't feel a lick of guilt? You know, no is just a one. It's just a powerful word. It's, it's two letters. It's powerful. And it's just right where it's going to be. Sometimes we feel as adults that we have to say no and then give a reason as to why the no is is this. Like you realize no is just it. No is all you need. No is the final word. It's not a follow up. There is no I got to tell you why. I used to get people I used to get so irritated when I would tell people no and they'd be like, so you're saying no and you're asking me why. It's not because I don't feel like I can't give you an answer. It's because no is the answer. 
Do you know when I was a little girl how long I could not wait to become grown, as according to like my parents would say, grown, the sense of entitlement is? We have to stop making grown people keep giving us further explanation that is not due to us. If I tell you no, no is it. You're not a child that's learning the reasons of no. You're not learning the stages of no. By the time you supposedly hit grown, you know what no means. And no is it. No and not a follow-up. No is final. Even with my close, close relationships, I've stopped giving explanations. It's just, can you do something? No. Not no because I'm too busy. Not no because I don't have time. Not no because of other things. It's just a plain no. Not no and I'm so sorry. Why, why am I apologizing for my no? See, that is the type of stuff that we feel this guilt comes in because we allow it to come in. We don't realize the power in us just literally walking in this no. And it's so hard for so many people. I get it because I used to be there. I used to be the yes person and the always giving and also being a chameleon for people. You know, chameleons are the animal that can basically camouflage itself and change in environments to blend. You know, there's a skill set with that. Like you can, you know, we code switch. Black people are known to code switch when they go to work or in their other mixed environments. I can go to work and say, hello, John. Yes, good morning. How are you doing today? Yes. And then when I see somebody else, I'd be like, girl, you working it. You killing it. Like it's a code switch with wordages. Code switch with personalities and code switch with certain things. I'm not talking about code switching, although Listen, the way the world is going, I'm, I'm, I'm about sick of code switching at this point. I can be professional and be myself. That's just who I am anyway. But for some people, they, we get real tired of having to code switch because you ain't appreciating that, that next that switch anyway. But when you have to literally code switch or switch who you are with your friends, and you're one way with another group of people and you're another way with a group, another group of people and you're another way with another group of people. It's draining. I don't know how some of y'all are keeping this this facade up. Maybe that's why you're having a lot of issues because you're trying to keep up something that was never supposed to be. You, It's more than just keeping up with the Joneses. It's legit like trying to keep up with every group of people that you're dealing with. But this whole guilty thing and this whole one-sided relationship thing, like, do you realize how draining a one-sided relationship is? You're always the one begging. It's almost like you're begging for love or attention or entertainment or peace. We ain't going to be begging in 2020. I think we have to get out of this um, ideology that we need a bunch of friends and realize we need solid friends. You have a, a list of solid friends, you're winning. If you're looking to have an entourage, that's a totally different thing. You can get an entourage, but they may not all be solid people. You need some solid folks on your team. One-sided relationships are extremely draining. They don't allow you to be your best self because you literally are trying to find a way to appease everyone. Listen, you cannot appease everyone. You're never going to be okay. You're never going to be the same sip at the same temperature. Have you ever drinking a hot glass of coffee? I love coffee. Coffee is life. I drink coffee to lock and wine. Wine is life too. But when you ever drink a, a cup of coffee and you make that coffee, that first sip is never like the last. That last sip's temperature is not like the first. It doesn't even matter if you have one of the Yeti cups that keeps it all good. Yeah, it's not the same. Temperatures will fluctuate as you're drinking this cup of, of, cup, cup of coffee. And when you have yourself and you are going to continue to fluctuate, you're not going to be the same for every sip of person that comes and tastes you. You're not. And so therefore, you're not going to be light because there's some people who like their stuff real hot and some people who like iced coffee. I like it all. But not everybody does. And even with me liking it all, some days I want my hot and some days I want my cold. That is how fickle people are. If you don't go into life and being an adult and realizing that people are fickle and you still keep thinking that people are going to be the same as they were 20 years ago, people do change. They do. And so you've got to stop worrying about this whole change and flipping switches because it's going to happen. I think that the biggest thing is people feeling like, 
well, they were always this way, and now all of a sudden they've changed. You know, life is throwing people a lot of curveballs. They're changing because their environments are changing. If my if my thought process is on survival, I may not be able to be a good friend during that season of survival. So take that in consideration, too. I am all about separating and switching and not being fooling with folks. I'm the biggest person that I will just cut you off and I have I won't even look back. Now, I'm a little bit more cutthroat than most people are. And I have lived a life where that has been always mirrored to me. I lived in a house where my mom taught me to cut people off at a no moment's notice. She listen, and this is not to throw her underneath the bus, but it is what it is like. That's just how we grew up in the house. You know, you can be in the house and, and give someone the silent treatment. And so after you go through so many silent treatments as a kid, which is the reason, number one reason why I don't do it with my kids. And that's no disrespect to her. You know, when you know better, you do better. But for me, I don't do that because you teach kids to be in solitude. And when you're a child that's in solitude and you're being ignored, whether you feel like that's a, that's the way you wanted to take it, when you ignore a child, you leave a child up to his own devices. Truth. And so as a kid, I learned to 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 not be moved by that emotional trigger in the beginning. Like there, I used to break every time my mom would give me a silent treatment. I used to break every single time. Oh, please pay me attention. I would do so many backflips and tricks to get her to get to just pay me attention and go back to how life was. I became an adult about 18 doing the same thing in different relationships. It was when I went to therapy, my therapist said, you're going to keep backflipping for everybody if you don't sit down and stand on some solid ground and just tell people no. And even though I had the ability to live around people who could do the same towards other people, I couldn't do it. But I knew what it felt like when it was being done. So I've created now a balance for myself, and that's where you have to create for yourself, where you have to stop doing these emotional acrobats for other people. This jumping around, he see me, hear me, be me, love me, take care of me. I'm here. What? Okay, you don't like that? I'm going to change. Okay, you don't want me to do that? Okay, I'm going to change. And so you're changing for everybody except yourself. You know what I realized as I started changing? That there were going to be people who did not like the result of who I finally became. Because it was much easier to do with me when they figured that I was the lion toy. When they figured that I was the conniving toy. When they thought that I was the toy that was super depressed. When they thought that I was the toy that just went for everything and anything. It was easier to do with me than to deal with the person that I became once the dust cleared. Once I started to realize who I was, people may not even end up liking that toy. They may not like the strong and confident toy, right? They may not like the toy that can realize she needs to pull back in self-love and self-care. They may not like that toy. But I like that toy. That's the toy that I've always strived to be but could not because I was too much worrying about everybody else around me taking care of everybody else's needs, putting everybody else's needs above my own, and then leaving me as the person that's in debt. In debt emotionally, in debt physically, in debt morally, taking care of everybody else but me even as a mom I I have had to stop myself and say you know what no I need to buy some clothes for myself let me go ahead and put, let me go ahead and push that that button instead of me having a bunch of stuff in the in the in the box and then when it was checkout time I would be like well what about my kids my kids have everything that they need I don't know who needs to hear it but your kids have it go ahead and get you something Instead of going season by season with the same clothes, then you're mad because you got the same clothes when reality is all you have to do is hit the button. Now, if you have a shopping problem, don't hit that button, sis. Back away. Balance. But it took me years of therapy to realize that, you know what? To hell with some folks. Because you will sit up there and drive yourself cuckoo bat crazy trying to flip yourself on and off for every person that you come in contact with. Do you know how unstable that is? Have you ever seen one of those like mystery movies where like, okay, let's say a character, there was like 10 ghosts. And so at they get to the figure out who the last person was or who the person was under the mask, they show different faces for each of them. Like, that's what you look like. I mean, we put our mask on now to, to fight against COVID, right? Some of y'all have been putting on masks for years and then getting mad because you actually had to wear a mask. I find that ironic. You've been wearing masks all your life, switching up for every character of a book. Every time you saw somebody, a new chapter has to come, a new book, a new page, a new this. You've been wearing masks for years, but now you have to wear a mask and you're mad. 
if you go ahead and take off the mask you've been putting on for everybody else, you might be finding it easier to put a mask on to save your own self and the people around you. Now, that's a word. I know that's a word. It's just getting to the point where you literally have to find your way and to find yourself back to you. And you may not even know who that real you are. It took me a long time to uncover the layers of why I had the actions of my own behavior because I was so busy worried about the people who had hurt me instead of taking care of me so that I can be a blessing to somebody else. Well, what about cousin so-and-so? What about aunt so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, grandma, mommy, this person? Like at the end of the day, what was I going to do about me? So no more emotional mask, no more mental mask. The only mask that I wear is the one to take care of making sure that I'm safe and you're safe. And that is to fight COVID. Or if I'm going to a masquerade party, those are fun. But can't even do that because y'all won't wear the mask you're supposed to wear. Too busy wearing the other 10,000 masks you wear every other second. Y'all switching up these masks mad quick. Get some balance into your entire spirit and your soul, into your fate, into your whole life. Because these one-sided relationships will drain your pocketbooks because you'll be buying people stuff that won't pick up their pocketbook. Listen, if you have a group of friends that every time you go out to eat and you ain't never open up your pocketbook, and there are going to be seasons of your life. I've been in that seasons where I had to, you know, I had one friend, she used to always buy stuff for me. Like she would always take me out to dinner, take me out to lunch. But in that season, she made way more money than I did. And I was trying to take care of my bills. And she and I were extremely close and still are. And she would help and take care of those certain things. But when I got to a season where that wasn't the case, it didn't make, make no difference for me to pick out that checkbook and swipe or write that check or take my card out and swipe because this is about seasonal. So that's why when you have good friends and not just these seasonal folks that come in and out, I stopped doing backflips for folks that's just seasonal. And you'll know that they're seasonal because if you just sit down and stop doing so much for other people, if you just slow your stuff down. I used to, I'm the type of person in my love, for me, I thrive off of seeing other people happy. Meaning, now that I'm balanced, when I wasn't unbalanced, it was always making other people happy. So doing whatever it is I could to make other people happy, to make other people smile, even if that meant that I suffered, that was when I was unbalanced. Now it's like, listen, if somebody's on my mind, I may send them a card. I keep a box of cards. I send people cards all the time. I send people letters. I know people don't do that because, you know, the post office is so slow and they got their issues or, you know, everything is so Internet and we can text. I do those things, too. But I like to see people smile. I like to send them a, a handwritten note. Or if we're having a conversation with one of my friends and they're like, you know, I was thinking about, you know, whatever it is. And I may send that to them. But I stopped sending that stuff to folks that was one sided. Do you know how many times? I would send stuff to folks and folks wouldn't even send a thank you. And then I'm all routed up. That's when you know you're in a one relation, one dimension or one side of relationship. Because you get mad because the other person is, is not reciprocating. Then you got to check yourself. What did you not notice? The red flags that was going up a thousand years that you didn't take heed to. Take first the first step in recognizing where you went wrong. We never want to call our own selves out. We only want to do and depict on whatever else was happening with everyone else. But we have our own, we have our own crosses to bear. Sometimes we doing this work for other people. We need to be doing work for ourselves. That's just the reality of where we are. Just the reality of everything that's going on. So now that we've given you all that information again, when you're dealing with one-sided relationships and you're dealing with the guilt, drop the guilt. And I know that's easy to say, easier said than done. But let me tell you, the other side don't have no problems with it. And if you would basically vet your friends, you need to vet your friends. The people that you chose. Because, you know, family is one thing. Like you are born to a family or you become associated with a family either through marriage or whatever the case may be. You're never going to literally be able to walk away from them, but you don't always have to be entangled, almost like an August Alcina thing. You don't got to be entangled with everybody. You really, truly do not have to be entangled with everybody. 
And you can make a decision of who you choose to be around, who you choose to hang around, who you choose to spend coin on, who you choose to spend time with. And when you see that things are one one sided, simply say no. Now you're going to get them getting mad, right? And when people get mad, they're going to send you a text. They're going to call you. You can't stop the phone from answering. You can change your phone number, but that's crazy. You would be changing your number every single time. Like don't avoid the conflict of being upset because that other person is upset. Don't avoid it. I think we want to avoid it because it's uncomfortable. You're not. You're not going to avoid it. Even if that person never even says one word to you, you're going to have the conflict within yourself because you're wondering if they're mad. Stop. What if the worst case scenario was they were super mad? What if in this this technic this technological world they were online disparaging your name? What if? What if they wrote a whole blog about you? I'm a blogger, so that's why I said blog. What if they made a whole post about you? What if they were sending subliminal messages through screenshots? If they didn't at you, let it go. Grown people who really want other grown people to know what they truly meant will call you or tell you directly. When I have had any conflict with somebody, I didn't want you to wonder where I said. I wanted you to know. Now, I am the person that is, I'm for conflict. <laughs> I am pro-conflict. I am here for it. I want you to debate me. I want you to, to, to argue with me. I want you to. Some people, most people would prefer not to, uh, to they would want to avoid conflict. And so people who avoid conflict, they're uncomfortable with how they feel because they, they, they don't have that avenue to speak it. You know, Shrek said it's better out than in. Kind of true. When you are a type of person that avoids conflict, you already imagine a 20 different scenarios of what have already happened. You don't even know if it happened or not because you won't, you won't, you're avoiding conflict. You won't, you won't, you won't address it head on. So you can only go by what your thoughts are telling you. If you choose to live that way, you are going to have to figure out a way to get that out of you. Because even if you're not having a conflict with another person, guess who the biggest person you're having a conflict with is yourself. So now you don't argue with yourself, you don't yell at yourself, you're super mad at yourself, you're wondering what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're telling other people. Listen, I've had situations where I've had a whole gamut of folks come together, talking amongst themselves, not one person said one thing to me. And that feeling of wanting to know what they were saying, it just, it, it can't overtake you. It can be overwhelming because you want to know. Human nature, you want to know. You need to start accepting that you are human and accepting that human nature about yourself and start trying to go against it. Accept that you want to know. Instead of trying to tell yourself that you're bigger and better and you're not the type of person that cares and you don't care what they think, you do. You don't care what they're saying, you do. You want to know. That's why people who block other people on social media, but you keep unblocking them to go see what they're saying. You care. Accept that you care. You want to tell yourself that you don't care and you live in your best life and you don't need people. You're the main person who cares. You're the main person who needs other people. And you're the main person who puts this facade, this again, this communion, this mask of you not caring when in reality you care the most. Because other people who can just decide, I don't care, and they just literally can walk away without. I read a story about this young woman. She had was with, they dating this man for five years. He must have had their, his own place, and she had her own. And she came over there. They had the key to each other's home. And I think he, she, had got, she must have gotten off of work early and went over there with a game that he had, a video game that he wanted. And she had uh, breakfast. She must have worked the night shift. So she had breakfast. She had all kind of stuff. She goes into the house and sees him in the bedroom laying up with his ex. They had both clothes her off. So obviously it could be assumed that they had had sex. She shut the door. They didn't hear him. They were asleep. She shuts the door. She puts the his house key, the game that she bought him. And I don't know what else, something else that she laid on the table and then walked out. She sat in her car. She changed. She deactivated her Facebook she called her family and friends without giving them explanation, just said, we are no longer together and, you know, shut it off. She was in the process of moving. She packed up her stuff to move to a new city because she was getting ready to move anyway. 
she changed her phone number and she never gave him this conversation of why it happened what happened but by her leaving that stuff there it was very clear that he knew that that she had been in the house and she had seen him so that takes a lot of boldness to do that because a lot of people want to confront him I don't know if I, I don't think I'm strong enough to have done that it's a great plan what she did was genius because she was able to control the emotional tags by basically rolling out leaving him to his thoughts I want to be able to get there, but I'm not there. At least not romantically, but I am there with other people. I have done that. I have cut people off and never looked back. Never gave an explanation. Never had a, a hoorah. I had a friend of mine. I should say an ex-friend. She cussed me out, hollered at me, called me everything. And the sad part was it had nothing to do with me. I listened to her literally scream to the top of her lungs on the phone I never answered her never called her I never uh, did anything with her on social media I never had a conversation I listened to everything that she had to say everything that she had to say and not anything had to do with the relationship that we had everything was about her so that meant let me know and I'm and if, she, if she's ever listened to this I'm sure she knows who she is that let me know that it was all about something that she was dealing with it had nothing to do with me I just became the face of whatever she had going on. So I didn't feel the need to go rah-rah and, and go quote-unquote ham on her. I could have because we grown. Why are you yelling at like some psychopath? Why are you hollering at somebody like that? Why are you acting like that? But she was having a breakdown. And so there was no reason for me to go and combat myself. There was no reason for me to defend the reason why she was upset. And I never will. She has that. That's her life. She has to figure all that out. So I can do it with other people. I can, but romantically, I don't think I could do that with my husband if I caught him cheating because we have a family. We have children. We have obligations. I can't just walk away. Not clean like that. Now I can walk away clean, but not like that. But kudos to that young lady that was able to do that. That's, that's a maturity level that we all should be aspiring to get to. That's amazing that she was able to just be like, I, I don't want to talk to him. There's nothing to say. There's nothing. Cause at that point, what is there to say if you up there laid up with your ex? I mean, what is there to talk about? Why you did it so you can make up a lie? Go be with that woman. But again, romantically, it's just I'm not there. Now, with other people, that is who I am. I can definitely do it. I can walk away and never talk to another person again. But again, we got to get everybody else to that point. I am. I can do that. But you can't have keep having these one-sided relationships. I'm telling you, it's detrimental to your health and your mental stability to keep giving and giving and not giving a return. And when that feeling of guilt comes, and it will, you got to understand that it's going to come. So when it comes, keep reminding yourself as to why you're doing what you're doing. But yeah, I can walk away. But I know a lot of people who struggle. And I understand the why. I just want you to try to get to the point where you stop allowing that to just keep going down. So just be careful and guard yourself, guard your heart and match people's energy. I know that's wrong, but listen, you got to match people's energy. So let's switch over to some, I wanted to end this podcast just talking about some things uh, that I've been seeing in social media a couple of stories that we want to go over before we end because it's Friday right and we're excited to have made it through this week and this has been an interesting week to say the less so I don't know if you watched I again I don't watch a lot of our reality tv shows but back in the day when I did I used to watch Sweetie Pie Sweetie Pie um, is owned by uh, a wonderful woman Miss Robbie and Miss Robbie has a son named Tim Norman and they have just sweetie pies so it's a pie uh, company and they have like a like an old school soul food restaurant from what I've been hearing food is always banging pies is always so super good um, the issue is that um, they had their their her his nephew was murdered and now he's the son of Miss Robbie's son is being accused of being the hire for murder 
um, he is incarcerated. He has been officially charged. So this is not allegedly. Of course, he has to be uh, have his day in court and he will. I think the issue is in the bigger part is, is that you would set up your own nephew for a $450,000 um, insurance payment. Now, I know people who would do it for less. Seriously, you know, money, when people want money, they'll do anything. It's not uncommon to have somebody kill somebody. Husbands kills, kill wives for insurance policy every day. Parents kill kids all the time, unfortunately. So it's not that I'm trying to be like it's like, you know, neither here nor there or that it's just but it's just the point point that, you know, he is well known. He has had some run ins with the law before that. And he had a stint where he had a relationship with basketball wife Jennifer Williams, I believe. So he's had several issues go down. It's the fact that he watched his mother cry over the death and for him to then be the one who plotted in his murder. That is very insensitive and it's very disheartening. So my heart goes out to Miss Robbie. I mean, I haven't watched the show. The show had, I don't even think the show's been on in, in years, but I used to watch the show back in the day. And when I saw the story come up, I said to my God, man, you can't even trust family. I mean, set your own nephew up and his father was killed. Like, this is crazy. I just thought how disheartening that has to be. And for Miss Robbie to have to go through that much pain, she tried everything she can to help her son and he to turn around and then kill another member or even be involved in another member's family death is just a lot. So wherever Miss Robbie is, I send loves, love and prayer your way. I can't even imagine what you're going through right now. The murderers, the cops that killed Breonna Taylor are still have not been formally charged. You know, her family is still holding out. Her mother is still holding out that the charges will come, but she has not. The killers who took her life, those police officers are still not charged. Oprah Winfrey, she put a couple of billboards out in Louisville and apparently somebody decided to deface it with red paint right across the face of Breonna Taylor. So it's just a disrespect that, you know, this was a botched uh no knock warrant warrant that went down and just the fact that we still can't get the killers of her Brianna Taylor to be to be put in jail is just ridiculous to me it truly it truly truly is I don't know if you're watching the DNC um the Democratic National Convention but there has been a lot of great things that have come out of there regardless of where you sit on each side the one thing I took from Michelle Obama's speech if you got a chance to watch it um you should if not you really should go back and consider watching it is that the lack of empathy that we have for other people regardless of where you sit no matter what um, political affiliation that you are in the lack of empathy that we have in society right now is so high this is the reason why we keep having you know the whole black lives matter and you know everybody talking about all lives matter and blue lives matters because no one has empathy no matter where it is so we have racism going down we got pandemics happening and nobody wants to wear a mask Again, you're still wearing the other mask you got on, but you don't want to put the one that's going to protect you from an actual pandemic. I don't understand how people are dying and you're saying it doesn't exist. Like, what are they dying from? Like when my grandmother went into the hospital and had to be put on a ventilator, did she, was she just put on a ventilator just for her health? Like, no, she had to be, she had to be. It was one of the most toughest times for our family. This is not a joke. This is real life. So we lack empathy. We really do. We truly, truly lack empathy. And it's sad. A couple other stories I wanted to talk about because it's been a lot since the last, I mean, it's only been a week. How is all this stuff going down? And <laughs> it's amazing what a week will do. It really is. Uh, President Trump's son, I mean, not son, and I don't wish that on his son at all. But his brother, his little brother has passed away. Of course, they had didn't give why. A lot of people are are speculating that it's because of COVID and he doesn't want to admit that. We'll never know. It's not even us to know. Condolences to the family. You know, that's, you know, one thing everybody's been talking about. Oh, and Little Boosie. Now, I, I don't know if we talked about Little Boosie before, but Little Boosie is very problematic. I don't understand people who don't see that. 
So Little Boosie is a rapper and he, I want to definitely talk about this. He came on IG or Instagram talking about how his sons, I think his sons and a nephew or nephews, he paid grown women to have oral sex with these boys. That to me is straight up rape. And I don't even know what type of gutter woman you got to be to agree to something with a child. These are children. These are not, these are children. Okay. And so, you know, outside of that, you know, little Boosie has been on Instagram, basically selling ass and, you know, doing the most. And finally, as he called him, Mike Zuckenberger, um, took his IG down. And so he's at this point begging for it to come back. Like you're problematic. I mean, there's people, listen, you got the OnlyFans account, you got all kinds of stuff. Keep it there because that's kind of what that's for. But, you know, if Little Boosie is off of IG, we'll, we'll be fine. He's not. He claims that's where he makes his money at to feed his kids, and he does have a gaggle of them. Neither here nor there. Do what you got to do to take care of your family. But the fact of the matter that he is problematic, and I know a lot of people was like, well, that's just how he was. That's just the environment. That's just the hip-hop way. Sir, ma'am, we're talking about raping of children. You cannot pay someone. And that means you're enabled the situation to happen. You know, little Boosie should be in jail as quiet as it's kept. So he shouldn't be worrying about IG. He needs to be in jail. Because what makes him different than the R. Kelly's? It's the same type of the same principle. You're taking advantage of children. You're taking advantage of people's vulnerability. And you feel that as long as you do that, you're going to stop them from what? from what from being gay or you're going and and let me just say I don't agree with it not one bit I don't maybe you do maybe you feel that way I don't I'm not homophobic I don't have none of those issues and I'm not going to sit there and be okay with a man that claims he paid grown people to have sex with their with teenager or or kids period I know other people are just like well you know I don't know how to stand how you make excuses for it really it's really neither here nor there. But yeah, Little Boosie is online basically begging for uh, his IG to come back. Personally, it don't make no difference if he stays off or on. Like when he's on, he's always controversial and always doing the most. He doesn't add anything positive to my life. He's funny as people think he is, but in his laughs and his jokes is reality. And that stuff is real and that stuff is crazy. That we even are debating this at this at this point that he should even be on IG there's a lot of people that shouldn't be on IG doing the most there's so many avenues for you to out here to have you know these arenas but IG ain't it social media has truly truly been a cesspool of shenanigans if you ask me you got grown men fighting with other grown men you got folks making slight you know slick comments it's it's entertainment for sure pure entertainment Kanye West is doing Kanye West things I know we keep talking about him he literally is just on air doing the absolute most every time I turn around and see something that he's doing because of course he's on his bid to become um, a presidential candidate which I don't agree with because it's like what can he bring we already are dealing with what we're doing well I don't see what it is that he can bring to the table that's going to amount to anything that's just where I sit I don't see it I could be wrong it just doesn't make any sense to me I don't see how I think you know people are saying that Kanye West is not going to steal the votes from other people I mean I don't I have no idea so maybe one day it'll make more sense I just don't I don't see it um Kim Kardashian, of course, Kanye West, go right back into Kim Kardashian, is linking up with Monica to get C-Murder out of jail. He has had so many parts of his case just go completely left. So I'm hoping that if anything, that will help. You know, as much as we come down on Kim Kardashian, and rightfully so, and what she does, you know, she's taking this whole prison reform very seriously. And, you know, I'm like the type of person that wants to separate the good and the bad from people because you can't put people are not one dimensional 
So you have to find a way to separate. But yeah, Kim Kardashian is coming together. And before we end on this Good Friday, let's talk about WAP. Y'all are going ham and hard in the paint for WAP. There's a lot of people who agree with it. There's a lot of people who don't agree with the song. If you've never heard it, um, don't play around your kids. I will say that. <laughs> don't play around your kids. Not even the clean version. It ain't for babies. It ain't for children. WAP is a very uh, sexually empowering song for women. Talk about the things that we want or will do. And you may disagree with that. You may consider that to be completely unladylike. You may consider that to be a song that's just like completely gross to you. You might just decide for yourself that, you know, at the end of the day, it's too raunchy. It's too, you know, too sexually charged. There's a gamut of feelings that you can have and everything in between. Men are debating it now about the song. I find it interesting and ironic that men are debating the song. But then they've gone on rap songs and said way a lot about women calling women every bitch hoe and everything else and now we got men talking about it CeeLo um came on the scene CeeLo needs to be quiet and have several seats discussing WAP and about how women should do better and you know should people people in general should do better right women should do better men should do better but the way he went about it and the way that he addressed it was completely left coming from a person who already was charged um with rape because he had um given a drug to a woman without her consent and she woke up the next day and he had obviously has had sex with her so you know you know CeeLo is putting his hand in the pot as if he didn't have all these other transgressions going on and talking about the things that he's talking about in his songs you got other men who've had songs that have been way worse Jay-Z's the back of the day Rockefeller Rough Riders all these people have said songs and said things about women and what they were going to do to them and what they how they respected or disrespected women and now all of a sudden we want to make this about um we want to make this about what women should or shouldn't be doing you know the song is a song you have a right to choose to listen to it. You have a right to say you don't want no parts of it, right? You have this right. And so I think we just need to be at this point where we just let it be what it's going to be. And let it be at that. Like you have a right to decide if you like it or not. I personally like the song. I think the song is, is hot. I think the song is hilarious. I think the song is catchy. It's definitely something to dance to. I mean, again, I have not yet played and will not be playing this in front of my kids. But my husband and I listened to it. It made for a great night. That's for sure. You know, being married, you need to keep it fun. And I definitely had some fun with that song. And so, yeah, I enjoy the song. I'm not playing it in the car. I'm not. Um, I won't even play it on the podcast because that's your choice. You can you got you got um, title and everything else. You can listen to it. Go on the Internet. There's uh, good versions. There's uncut versions, all kinds of stuff. But again, it's personal preference. It's Friday for me, Friday for you. And, you know, I plan to find a way to have a good weekend. This week has been very busy. So if you've missed any of the blogs, make sure you go to www.toitime.org. So that's toytime.org. And catch up on the blogs because it's been a long week. We've had a lot going on and we're about to switch over to school. And that's where my mindset is at my house is still a mess from the flood we the basement is still looking crazy nothing has changed about that so I'm only focused on the things that I can change like getting prepared for school and for me that means making sure that in the environment is getting ready we're doing our last set of book reports that are due we are doing you know a lot of sight words getting ready making sure we review my kids were already in camp so they did a lot of summer reading a lot of summer math so I don't have any problems with them on that they've been reading books all summer long They've been enjoying their as much fun as they possibly can. And that is what we've been focusing on. You know, a lot of these colleges and schools have already put their kids back into schools physically and have had to retract that because kids have already started to get COVID. You know, the same kids they said couldn't get COVID, they're testing positive for COVID now. Again, I implore all parents to do what's best for them and their children. For me, we will be home happy and safe where I would like to keep them nice and safe that is my choice that is what we're going to do and that's what I look forward to so when I have my weekend time what I try to do is try to find the best way to relax this weekend I plan to meet up with some friends at brunch again socially distance 
and then um, just really enjoy some family time. I plan to maybe see what we can do with the kids for the weekend. Um, tonight I'm going to have, like I always do on Fridays, have my glass of wine. And I'm going to sit back and relax and prepare for next week because we do have a bunch of things that are happening next week and I need to prepare that. But that's what we're working on. That's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm keeping my mindset on. Remember to distance yourself from people who are already distant from you. I think sometimes we go too hard for people and they don't do the same for us. So remember, as we go back to the earlier conversation, do what feels right for you because that's what other people are doing for themselves and have empathy for other people, right? Have empathy. Like when my friend was going off or when my, I want to say ex-friend was going off because I, I said I have not dealt with her in years and I have no desire to change that. I knew off the bat it had nothing to do with me. Now that didn't mean I have to entertain her stuff, but that doesn't mean I didn't know that she was doing whatever she was doing. It had to do with her. But I put myself in a position for her to go off and go Katie Kaboom on me again. Nah, I'm good. But I can still love her from afar. I wish her well. You wish people well. Like some of y'all just have some harbor issues, deep-seated issues where you just want to cause harm to other people. And don't get this twisted. I've had situations where I've been ready to square up. If you don't know what square up means, that means fight. Yes. You want to attack another person physically because that's how you feel. That's that anger. That's that rage that's inside of you because you're so frustrated about what they said, what they did, how they treated you. You're mad. You're pissed off. You're angry. You got all these bottled up emotions. But you know what's helped is to learn how to one, deal with that and then deal with the part that I played in because I can only account for myself and I can only become a better friend if I try to figure out where I went wrong. Even if I don't pick that friendship back up, I can see where I went wrong if I had a relationship with a person and it was romantic and the 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 people that I've dated I've seen and taken responsibility for the things that I said or the things that I felt like I contributed to that so that way I didn't carry that into the relationship that I have with my now husband and the things that I did bring in me and therapy has worked it out or is continuing to work it out because I believe that I have a, a social and emotional um, and a mental responsibility to myself. I honor me first. That's why it's easy for me to honor, honor people and to honor when they don't want to fool with me. When people don't want to deal with me, it is their right. No different than it being my right not to deal with them. But instead of me carrying the guilt, I just say, you know what? If I was in their same position, I would, I would do the same thing. If I felt hurt and betrayed by a friendship, and I have in the past, how would I want to deal with them? How would I want to deal with them if the shoe was on the other foot? We don't walk, um, we don't even attempt to mentally walk in other people's, um, their, their shoes. We judge their shoes. We don't walk in their shoes. We don't even attempt to use empathy to understand where they're sitting. If I was me and I was on the other side of them, how would I feel? How would I feel if I felt like I had betrayed them? If I was being betrayed? If you're the one who betrayed them, how do you think they feel? So when they don't feel like dealing with you, how do you think they're going to deal with it? Stop having one-sided relationships. It's okay to feel guilty. Just stop going across the pond, trying to win them back, hoping that they're going to, because once you win them back, you still don't really, you don't even really want to deal with them. You just want to know that they're okay with what you said or did. You want them to be okay with how you're separating yourself. And as long as you can feel this quote unquote peace, it's like, then you can move on. You're never going to get that. Very few people are going to say to you, I respect you for feeling the way that you're feeling and responding the way you're feeling or respond the way that you're responding. People are very little people are going to do that. You've got to do that for yourself. So we will see you again. I know we're ending. We will see you next week or hear from you or hear from me next week. Have a good weekend on purpose. Like literally find something that makes you completely happy. Like I know we do the soul care Sundays or self-care Sundays, listen, that's a so self-care is every single day. But if you can't do it on every single day, then yes, if you do it on Sundays, find something that really truly makes you feel zen, that makes you feel at peace, that makes you feel calm. Stop going through all your weekends and then Monday comes and you're like, I'm so bored, I didn't do anything. Do you know how much peace it is to not do anything? And having that moment where you can just sit back and relax, you don't even res res respect your own relax. Learn to be okay and quiet. 
Learn to be okay and relaxing. It's a beautiful thing to be able to just have nothing to do and nothing on your plate, but to only build yourself up. You can read a book, uh, get on some fine you know what as much as people want to say that they want to have these goals and dreams what are you doing to 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 get you there spend some time over the weekend figuring out a new plan that right there is something to keep you busy just figuring out your next steps writing down a plan right now how you're going to get there research researching how something going much it's going to cost to get you there willing to do the work because there's a there's a there's an inner work that has to happen when you try to level up there's inner work that has to go with that level up So have a good weekend. I will see you again next week. We're going to have a great time. Remember, we are almost, what, three, three more episodes to the season one. So I'm so grateful for you rocking with me. Have a good weekend and we'll talk soon. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.